0: Kevin, did you see me running across the hallway during your news report there? didn't mean to distract you if you did. Oh, I, w- I, w- I was not paying attention. Okay. Somebody somebody came. I thought you were in the newsroom for a second there. What were you running for? You I, well, something? I was talking to Hockberg, and then I realized uh. I have a show to do. And I hear the sports reports that go running across the hallway. Anyways, (laughs) glad I didn't distract you. You're a professional. You're all good. Hey, everyone, let's get legal. Powered by the Illinois State Bar Association is now, and we're taking you till the second semifinal game of the Big Ten tournament, which should be around 2.30, but who knows? Maybe we'll get a little extra bonus time. You know Audrey Anderson. We've had her on a bunch. She's a great attorney, a criminal defense attorney right now, juvenile defense attorney out of the western suburbs. Last time she was here, we were talking about another topic. And off the air, she mentioned about how many times she is getting and defending juveniles who have been accused of or maybe they did something really stupid regarding school threats. And I think we all have in mind what a school threat is. And I was kind of blown away with how many kids get into trouble for the things they post on social media and how you really want an attorney to help you out when something like that happens. She'll be by to chat about that. We've got a lot of other great stuff coming up too. And we got a question of the day rollover from last week. So here it is. Call right now. See if you can get the answer to it. For the next 15 years, Illinois taxpayers will pay $2,818,000. For what? It's not infrastructure. Trying to think of other answers we had last week it has nothing to do with roads or bridges. That was a common guess last week. So for the next 15 years, Illinois taxpayers are paying about 2.8 million dollars for what 312-981-7200. nine eight one seventy two hundred. Let's get legal starts after this on WGN. A very happy Saturday afternoon, everybody. John Hanson here, and you just heard this is Let's Get Legal. It's powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. We're taking you till two thirty ish, we'll say, uh, because we have the second game of the Big Ten tournament, which we will join when uh, that pregame show gets started. Uh, 312 91 7200 is the phone line. By the way, it's cold outside, but it is gorgeous looking, and we are looking at the river, which is bright green. I feel like they had extra dye from the past two years, and they're just like, you know what? Dump it all in today. (laughs) It's like bright green, and uh, people are out and about. It's not too crowded, but it's... It's crowded, right? It's it's just nice to see people outside and happy. I don't know. I saw a lot of people smiling on my drive-in. That felt nice, even if it feels like it's in the single digits. By the way, in case anyone is asking, I had a little cold this week, so if my voice sounds a little bit different, it was just a cold. Remember? We we used to get colds and a uh, little flus here and then, and that's all this one was. Uh, earlier this week and I was also working the Blackhawks game Tuesday night when they scored what was it at the end of eight goals I was screaming the whole game and the microphone at the uh, United Center anyway so uh, I'm feeling fine I feel great better than I have in a couple days and all good so if you notice anything different about my voice that's what it is our question of the day a real stumper for the next 15 years Illinois taxpayers will pay 2.8 million dollars for what Doesn't sound like a lot of money, but I think when you have the answer, you're going to be a little bit surprised we spend that much on this or that we're going to be spending that much on this. We had some previous answers of tollways, roads, and bridges. That's not the answer. If you do get it right, you're going to get a $50 gift card to the 5050 restaurant group to be used at any one of their 14 fantastic establishments all over Chicago, including Roots Pizza and Westtown Bakery. So. If you got a guess to the answer, 312 981 7200. Don't be scared. Just take a wild guess. That's the way we do it. And we hopefully narrow it down. I mentioned a little bit ago we're going to have Audrey Anderson from Anderson Attorneys and Advisors coming on about school threats. A very serious topic. It's something that every parent and grandparent is going to want to hear after the 130 news because I think obviously we all agree uh, threatening your school in any way, shape, or form, is not okay, especially given the age we live in. Um, But also, it should be said that 14- and 15-year-olds say stupid stuff on social media. Both of those things can be true, and it doesn't mean that you should send a child to prison for the rest of their life for something that they do or say, necessarily. I mean, obviously, there's limits and stuff. There's a lot of gray area there, and Audrey Anderson has said that she's gotten a lot of calls from parents that need help for their kids who maybe did something they thought was innocuous, but nowadays isn't. And it's really important to have Audrey on your side in those situations. So she's going to tell us. It happens. A, it's just happened way more than I thought it would. I mean, you hear about these cases, of course, and you hear about the extreme ends of it. But there's every day, I mean, we're talking every day in our Chicago suburbs, a kid's getting in trouble for this. And, okay, there are consequences, but let's talk about what those are and what legal representation you might need. It's a really, really important conversation. That's coming up in a little bit. We're also going to have Michael, Professor Michael Leroy on. He was on last week talking about the baseball lockout and. Lo and behold, it resolved itself. He's a labor, not resolved itself, obviously the two sides came together. He's a labor relations expert. We're just going to check in with him in just a little bit about that. Let's go to the phone lines, though, try and figure out the answer to the question of the day. Over the next 15 years, we're spending $2.8 million on what? Judy, what's your guess? Gasoline tax. So like taxpayers are paying $2.8 million, you think? Yeah, at least. (laughs) yeah I think it's way more than that I don't have the answer it's not the question of the answer to the question of the day but it's a great guess Judy and uh boy a lot of people say they should get rid of that gas tax for a little while what do you think I think so too yeah right thanks Judy I for the really phone call do. we appreciate it feel better I uh, will hold thanks Judy let's go to Bob Bob you're on WGn interest on the uh uh debt of Illinois great guess interest on the debt. Not the answer to the question of the day, but I appreciate it, Bob. Have a good day, okay? Thank you. Let's go to Barbara. Hey, Barbara, you're on WGN. Hi. How's it I going? lawsuits. Oh, like we, uh, our taxpayers pay for the state to either defend themselves in court or to go after yeah. people? That's a great guess. I bet yeah. it's more than that, uh, Barbara, and that's not the answer I to the question not. of the day. Oh, okay. But thank you. Thank you. For sure. All right, bye-bye. Let's go to Jan. Jan, you're on WGN. Hey, Jan. Hi. How are you doing? Excellent, thanks. All right, what's your guess? Uh, the charges for the Jesse Smollett case. Interesting. I I don't know how much they spent. I know I saw an article. In fact, Kim Fox uh, had an editorial in the Chicago Sun-Times about how much money was spent on the case. And I think that kind of number actually sounds around right. But it's not the answer I'm looking for, Jan. I'm sorry.
1: That's okay, thanks.
0: Have a good one. Let's go to Chris. Chris, you're on WGN. How are you doing, Chris? I am good. What's your guess? Um, how about garbage cleanup? Garbage cleanup like on the highways. Oh, that's it. Oh, like on the highways. Great guess. I don't know what the cost of that is. It's not the answer to the question of the day, but it gives me something to look up, Chris. Thanks so much. All right, you bet. Have a good one. Let's go to Mary Ellen. Mary Ellen, you're on WGN. Hey Mary Ellen. Hi there. What's your guess?
2: So, I think it might be, um, I don't know what it's called, but it's that the state spent too much money like a teenager, so they're coming back to mom and dad to <laughs> make up.
0: The deficit.
2: The deficit. Yeah. That's the word.
0: Yeah. No, I think that I think it's way more than that, <laughs> unfortunately, Mary Ellen. <laughs> I think uh I think uh it starts with a B instead of a, a an M. I don't think it's a million.
1: All righty. Yeah,
0: but that's a great guess okay. and gave me a laugh. Yes. It is like borrowing too much from the parents and they come back for a little bit more. Let's go to Vicky. Vicki, you're on WGN. Hey, Vicky. Hi. What's your guess, Vicky? Um, the legalized cannabis at the dispensaries. Like that taxpayers are paying Oh, like the, the taxpayers are who buy that are paying that yeah. tax. I yeah. it's it's way more than that, Vicky. Uh, but it's a great guess. I appreciate the phone okay. call. I'll have to find hey, out what the answer is. I got to write these down to figure out what how much we actually are spending on that. But I know that the state's made millions and millions of dollars from legalized cannabis. These are great guesses. Let's go to Tom. Tom, you're on WGN. Hey, Tom. Hello. What's your I'm guess, my guessing. friend? Toilet paper. <laughs> that might be right, right? I What, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year? It's not that expensive. Maybe a couple years ago when it was really uh, uh, flying off the shelves, it was even more. Tom, it's a great guess. Yeah, right. Made me laugh, but it's not the answer to the question of the day. I'm sorry.
2: That's okay. Hey, on the Jesse Smollett prosecution, the lawyer did it for free, by the way, the oh. prosecutor.
0: Oh, right, uh, Dan Webb, uh, the special yeah, he, pro- he, he donated his time. Pro bono. I know there were some other court... Uh, costs. i'll have to look that up tom but thanks for that uh, heads up i appreciate it okay okay bye bye thank you let's go you. to mike mike you're on wgn hey mike
2: hi good afternoon what's your guess my guess is that would be the cost to jail and incarcerate our elected officials every year oh
0: boy oh my gosh i, I have to look that up i wouldn't be surprised if that's more mike in illinois yeah, it's not the well, answer to the question. too much to, on that. Yeah, we sure do. Hey, Mike, thanks for calling. That's not the answer, though, today. I appreciate it, though. Thanks. Let's go to Tom. Tom, you're on WGN. Hey, Tom. Hey, how's it going? Good. What's your guess? How about we're trying to get rid of the Asian carp? Oh, infutation. yeah. I'll have to look that up, too. I bet that's way more than $15 million. how many of those uh, electronic nets they've been putting in in the river. I thought maybe that secretly dying the Chicago River is actually our last line of defense of the Asian carp before they get into Lake Michigan. <laughs> I, I doubt
2: that. will of them. <laughs> I, don't,
0: I don't think so, Tom. That's not the answer, but I love the guess, okay? Thank you. All right. Boy, got a lot of guesses coming in. Tell you what, let's take a break and then we'll talk with Professor Leroy. We might get a few more answers in here on Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association on WGN. John Hanson here at 125 on a gorgeous Saturday afternoon. It's so nice to spend some time with you. I, I mean that every time I come in here on Saturday or any other day. It's just great to spend some time with you folks. It says Let's Get Legal. It's powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. Before we get to Professor Leroy, one last guess to the answer of the question of the day. Over the next 15 years, Illinois taxpayers will pay about $2.8 million. For what? Let's go to Cassie. You're on WGN. Hey, Cassie. Hi. My
2: answer is pension.
0: Pension. Like more specific, like, a, like all the state officials' pensions? Yeah, it's actually probably uh, that's another one that's probably B instead of M, a billion or so, way more than that. But that's a great guest, Cassie. And I appreciate you calling. And I'll just say that Cassie is um, getting warmer. 312-981-7200. Let's get Professor Leroy in here. Professor, it's great to talk with you here on a second uh, week in a row about the uh, baseball uh, lockout or players locking out, whatever you want to call it. And we have a resolution, my friend. Yes, we do. John, thanks for having me back, because in baseball terms, I made
2: an error last (laughs) week. I I said it would be a long dispute, and it was really based on the history of the parties in the past. Thankfully, I was wrong. The parties resolved a large number of major issues in warp speed, so... We have a full season ahead of us, and I'm excited, and I'm
0: sure many of our listeners are. I, you know, and here's the thing. I didn't ask you to put a time frame on it last week, so I didn't. I went back and listened. You didn't do anything wrong. I know you were telling your school, or excuse me, your, your classes that you thought it might be similar in length, or maybe July 1st, that was going to be your over-under. And I just love that you took ownership of it. You sent an email that I got about maybe why you got it wrong. Is that an interesting part of, you know, you know, as a being a professor, looking back and trying to figure out, you know, maybe where your prognostications were a little off and where students can learn from it.
2: Well, absolutely. I, I think it's important for people who are in a, in a position of having some expertise uh, to own their mistakes and to explain what they are learning from it. So uh, what I will tell my students when we get back from spring break, and they will ask, um, is um, I did not foresee the parties taking out one of the major issues, which was the international draft. They pulled it out, and sort of like a Jenga block that just all of a sudden fell in terms of the impasse, and yet all these pieces fall, and they fell into place. They got a large number of issues resolved within a matter of hours. And frankly, John, in all my years of looking at labor negotiations, I have not seen anything quite like it. So there's always something new to learn, and uh, I'm taking this apart. And it's really encouraging to see collective bargaining work out well. Um, That's the way it was designed to. Often it's dysfunctional, and here the parties made really good, solid compromises and
0: and we as fans are the beneficiaries. Last week we talked about how each side often underestimates uh, a side's willingness to, to be there for the long haul. Do you think that in this case there was almost some equality on both sides in terms of neither side wanted this to go to July first, or any further into the season, that there was almost this collective sense of we can't mess this up.
2: I think that hits the nail on the head, John. It, it really the the sport has uh, the sport generated ten billion dollars in the season before the pandemic. That's a really healthy sum, but it, you know there's so much competition in the sports arena. Um, And so they have to get their act together. But to your larger question, and it's a really good question, um, one thing that I will share with my students, I'll share with our listeners, is I did not appreciate that there was a divide within the union. The executive council, the executive committee, voted unanimously to reject this deal. The player representatives voted 26 to 12 to approve it. The union has a simple majority rule for um uh passing uh the contract and uh I'm not surprised there was a split in the bargaining unit, but I was surprised that um that it was that defined now on the on the base so um I'm, and I don't think the union realized that they when the executive committee voted whatever was six to nothing I don't think they saw their player reps uh, defecting from that, but they did, and they went with it because um, it is a bottom-up union in that sense. I mean, the players are going to vote on this. On management side, I would not have guessed they would vote 30 to nothing to ratify it, but they did. So there are these information errors that people make, um, and they make it as bargainers, and we as observers uh, draw into that information. So we're prone to make the errors that they're making.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, to keep the sports references alive, you'll have to do a post-game analysis with us when you get a little bit more information. OK, Professor? You got it. I love talking with Professor Leroy from the University of Illinois. Enjoy your spring break, my friend. I don't know if you get much of a break, but enjoy it while you got it. OK, thank you. And be well. Take care, John. I.L.L. I-N-I. I. Thank there you, John. Go. Take care. Yeah, for sure. All right, tell you what, we'll have prof- uh, not Professor, excuse me, Audrey Anderson coming on after the news here and maybe an answer to the question of the day here on Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association on WGN. 720 WGN. Hey, everyone. It's John Hanson, and this is Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association on a very pretty-looking Saturday, although it is quite cold out there. But the river is green. People are smiling. And Audrey Anderson, when we go to the commercial break, you'll have to see. There's a party happening in an apartment across the street from us over here, and it seems very engaging. They've been waving at us. I don't know. You want to go over there after the after the show and uh, see what those kids are up to? <laughs> no, I can tell you don't want to do that, Audrey. <laughs> you can answer. It's okay.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, it they looks had like, like
0: fun. they had like green strobe lights going earlier, like a green nice. disco ball. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Audrey Anderson, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. How are you, John?
0: Good. It's always great to have you here and chat about things. And um, when we were talking a couple weeks ago during our commercial break, and we got on the subjects of school threats, and we had talked about them and what you know happens with violence at schools, of course, after what happened in Michigan in the fall, I believe, mm-hmm. late last year. Um, and you had said something to me during the commercial break that you get a ton of calls from parents of kids Who have been suspended, expelled, maybe kids facing criminal situations because of threats they make against their school or what the school deems as a threat. It is a lot, right?
1: Oh, it is a lot. We actually just got a call this morning on the way here.
0: Right? From a parent who? Yeah,
1: from a parent who had this issue. And it's interesting because... Sometimes it's something that the kid just says off the cuff in school. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just kids messing around, like teenage boys, you know, taking pictures or saying something on their small social media network. And then someone else sees it or a parent sees it and brings it to the school's attention. So it can be stuff that a kid does... When they're not even at school. It's mm-hmm. outside of school, just between a couple friends.
0: And social media, of course, makes it, oh boy, even more complicated.
1: Really, very much. And I think we've probably almost gotten half a dozen calls just this week alone with regards to this. Half
0: a dozen calls this week about kids facing uh, problems or, or issues because of school threats. Right. In That's the true. suburbs of Chicago, mainly.
1: Right. Yes, exactly. Just from this area where we practice the suburbs of Chicago.
0: And I know every, and I think every parent should call you if something happens to their kid, but that means that there's probably, Dozens more that are happening. And I just want to like preface this conversation, because these are always complicated things when we talk about. No one is advocating for kids making threats against school, and they need to take these things seriously, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. They do need to take them seriously, because some kids really do have the intention to do harm to a school or teachers or other students. But sometimes it's just kids mouthing off or just being a teenage boy or a teenage girl.
0: Yeah. And I also feel like schools are in a really tough spot and teachers are, and everyone, because I feel like, and they're going to lean on the side of being extra cautious. And you could certainly understand why, right?
1: Right, definitely. Because what it was when we were in junior high or high school many, many years ago, it's totally different than how they take things now. Just carrying a pocket knife to school, that gets you expelled. It's a threat to the school, and you have huge consequences. Whereas when we were kids, you know, that happened all the time. Yeah.
0: So then- if that's the preface for the conversation, the other counter is but everyone deserves legal representation and someone to analyze the case specifically on what has happened and go through those sorts of things. So What are examples of threats that you've been seeing or you've been hearing lately? Are they mainly social media ones? What are they? What are they? TikTok challenges I've heard about?
1: Right. So it's those TikTok challenges or just social media. Or sometimes kids will be playing around with like BB guns or things like that, poses. And they'll send each other pictures of that. And then another kid gets the copy of the picture and then they'll add comments to it. That'll make it seem like it's a threat to a school or a particular teacher or because they didn't do well on a test.
0: Okay, so it's like a cascading effect. It's not necessarily, I have a BB gun, I'm shooting it, oh, that would, you know, this should, this is for Mrs. XYZ. It could be someone has a comment and then another person makes a joke or this person says that and now we've got a situation where it's cloudy.
1: Right, right. And then it really takes on a life of its own and snowballs.
0: What is the process of for school districts is each school district different how do they handle things like this is there a state oversight of these sorts of things
1: So there is a state law with regards to this. They no longer have a zero tolerance policy like they did years ago where it was an automatic expulsion without a hearing. Okay. So now the schools they have their own policies and codes for private as well as public schools with regards to behavior for students on and off campus. So that's the catch all for kids because a lot of times It's not necessarily something that they did on campus during school hours on school grounds. It's off campus.
0: So what you're saying is different districts may have, and sorry for interrupting, may have a different process for how they handle the internal aspect of it. But they, as a school district, cannot just expel a student without at least some sort of hearing. Is this in front of a judge? Is this in front of the school board districts, So when they assign, how does that work? Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not in front of a judge with regards to the expulsion hearing, because there's two prongs that a kid will have, the criminal investigation that could eventually lead to charges and going to court, and then the school issue with regards to suspension and expulsion. So with the expulsions, those are usually before a school board. So sometimes you'll be able to have the hearing in front of the entire school board in a closed setting, of course, because they're minors. right? Or sometimes they'll have like a mediator who's recording, taking notes, writing up everything, and then presenting it to the school board.
0: Okay, so there's different situations on each one. But I think you make a clear point is that a lot of these are not necessarily criminal cases. The police aren't involved, but some of them are. So you come in, if someone calls you, you're able to kind of tackle both situations?
1: Right, definitely. So I handle both. So The school issue with regards to the expulsion and doing the hearings and disciplinary. And then I also am able to handle the criminal in dealing with law enforcement for charges. For example, if officers are looking to charge a kid because they think that student has an actual weapon. We can argue that it's legally owned or a BB gun or something like that. Or they didn't have the intent to carry out a threat. It was just a school prank. Like when we were kids, Power Rangers or... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, kids play those games. It's something like just kids playing around and not really taking it as an actual threat.
0: Are the majority of cases involve the criminal world or the you know or involve police or do most of them involve just the school district themselves
1: so initially in my experience it initially automatically involves the police because there's usually a school resource officer because they don't look at the child individually they just see it as black and white it's a threat to the school so the police get involved and then once you get to speaking with the school the dean's the principal and then the police officers you can explain the situation around that particular student and that student's actions.
0: Right. I just want to like try and paint a picture for what the threshold is for a school to trigger an expulsion hearing. You mentioned showing off weapons or comments like that. Okay, I could kind of see that. Is it sometimes just Words that people say in passing. Is it oftentimes just that?
1: It is. Like I have experience and with clients or people just calling us but clients recently that it's just comments between two students, one making a threat to another, maybe in jest or joking, and then a third student overhears and reports it to a teacher. And so they say that Kid A threatened kid B and so then a student in the hallway overhears or a teacher overhears rumors of what's going on, that there was some sort of threat or altercation made between students. And that's how it kind of gets out of control from there.
0: Are there mandated reporters in schools where a teacher, if they hear that, they have to report that?
1: Correct. Yes. Teachers, teachers coaches, staff, they are required to.
0: But of course, that also falls into gray areas, right? Like, I i am sure, don't know if I've ever said anything like this to a, to a kid, but maybe I did when I was 14. Like, my good friend, you know punching them in the alarm when they did something silly and said I'm going to kill you man for doing that mm-hmm. as a jo- like as a joke or something Right. And I can't imagine I said that but I also who knows what I said when I was 14 yeah. but I imagine something like that even if a teacher overhears
1: right so if it's something embarrassing like between teenage boys and you get pranked or something funny happens and then you say I'm going to kill you But another student overhears, and they didn't see the initial encounter. The lead-up, right? Correct. Then they go and run off and report it because they're concerned, as that other student has the right to be, and then it just goes from there. And the initial kids that were just kidding around get in a lot of trouble.
0: If they don't have, I know a lot of parents out there are saying, look, I can handle this, right? I'm going to talk to my kid. We're going to go in front of this school. We're going to figure this out. He didn't, he or she didn't do anything wrong. It's all going to, it's all going to be Okay. That may be the case, but do you find that having someone like you there can ensure that's the case, or at least lean it more towards that way? I guess what I'm saying is, Mm -hmm. should people have legal representation during these situations?
1: Right, they definitely should, because obviously the school is going to be very chummy with the parents and students to get them to talk and cooperate, to go get uh, an evaluation to determine whether or not they're a threat. And these expulsion hearings, it's not just the dean yammering off what the facts were, they actually have an attorney from a law firm that the school district hires to represent the school district. And the attorney is there asking the dean, coaches, other students, teachers questions at this hearing. And then a parent is left to ask questions, to cross-examine. They don't know what To ask or answer, bring out.
0: So even though it's a hearing, and it's at maybe even at the school board room where you know maybe you visited as a parent to talk about the curriculum, and you think it's going to be a conversation between parents and our elected officials in the school board, many of whom we all know each other, right? It's not. They have a lawyer there.
1: Right. So the school districts have their own attorneys that do the questioning. And you're right. You're just in a conference room at a school. I mean, I just had one a couple of weeks ago. We're walking through a high school to go to a bigger conference room to accommodate us. But there is a lawyer from a big firm in the city representing the school district. She's there in her suit. You know, everyone thought it was very low key until I step in and explain to the family that's not the case. Right. So
0: I guess what I'm asking is, is does the school tell the attorney like, I guess what's the school's perspective i guess it depends on the case and the student and how many instances maybe there's been in the past is their goal to get the kid expelled or are they like let's see what happens in this hearing like what what advice is the like what what's the attorney going at after right because obviously if it's a prosecutor they want that person gone But is the school entering this hearing like, let's see where the evidence points? Do you understand what I'm kind of asking? I
1: do understand what you're asking. And the school's perspective is they want the kid gone because they're looking at protecting the rest of the 3,000 students of a high school or however big the school is. They're protecting the rest of the students, and they're trying to make a message. And the point is, if you do something, that kid is gone because we need to protect the rest of the students. So... Our purpose at the hearing is to point out that this one kid is really not a threat. The rest of the students don't really know what's going on because it's supposed to be private. Mm-hmm. So our goal is to say, look, this was just an isolated incident, and it doesn't affect the morale or safety, and it doesn't send the message that the school tolerates this. There's still a consequence for our client, this kid.
0: To put a finer point on what I was trying to say is, I guess what, what my interpretation was, and maybe a lot of parents mistakenly so— This isn't a courtroom. We're going to come together to an agreement that makes sense. Whereas you're suggesting in many cases, no, the school is treating it as if they are the prosecutors and the student needs defense.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Right.
0: We got to take a quick commercial break. 312-981-7200. If you have any questions about this, it's an important discussion to have. More with Audrey Anderson after this on WGN. John Hanson here, 18 stories above the green Chicago River, where it meets the lake. Continuing our conversation with Audrey Anderson from Anderson Attorneys and Advisors. And Audrey, I think the party heard that we, we might be coming because it broke up completely. I know, That's bad. I know. We were going to go over there. Hey, everyone. We'll come by overwards. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, uh, directly across the street from us, we can see a giant St. Patrick's Day party happening in uh, the windows across the street. We've been talking about a very serious subject, school threats. And to reinforce what we're chatting about, of course, schools should be taking threats seriously and schools feel the burden because if they don't, you know, odds are maybe nothing will happen. But then something happens and it's like, what were they doing? And there's a lot of parallels in the case in Michigan. Right. I mean, there was a lot of everyone after the fact is saying, how did they miss this? It was right there. So I get it. They want to do it. But if a kid makes a joke. To another kid, it's misinterpreted or the kid was trying to do something else or be stupid about it. There's real ramifications about getting expelled, right? What have you seen from people?
1: So a lot of times they could lose their scholarships to excellent universities and that affects their career path for the rest of their life. So if they can't go to an Ivy League school, they go to a community college, that's completely different.
0: Nothing wrong with community college, but no, it's a different absolutely.
1: track. It's a totally different track than what they had in mind, trying to overcome the stigma of being that kid that was kicked out.
0: Right. So, I mean, and that's pretty immediate, right? Like, I mean, there's no, like, coming back. I mean, there's. I don't want to say there's no coming back from an expulsion. Of course, life goes on. You figure that out. And, and kids are resilient, and, and they can do great things into adulthood. But... When you get expelled and they've gone through this hearing, is there any going back? Can you get back into the school? I mean, is it a real tough road from there?
1: Depends on how long the expulsion is. Typically, the expulsion is for two years. So where you are in school. So if you're in your junior year, that's it you're not graduating from that high school. Well, how do you 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 graduate high
0: school then? Because I know we have mandates in the state, right? Right,
1: but you go to an alternative school. So you go to a school that's not with your friends necessarily, that's not even necessarily in your town. Mm -hmm. So if you were playing varsity sports, you're not on that school anymore. You're going back to an alternative school. You have to make new friends. You can't see your old friends. You can't go back to the old campus or any of the school district property. So if you want to see another football game, that your team that you used to be on is playing a different team, you can't go there either because you're banned from the property.
0: Yeah. I'm sure some people listening are saying, yeah, but don't make a joke then. Okay. Yeah, right. But I think if, you're, if parents are listening and grandparents, I, I bet they know. And I bet they know how different it was when they were in school. And we just got to find a, a place where, you know, threats are taken seriously, but everyone has their day to defend themselves. And that's where you come in, right?
1: Right. Because I just... Constantly try to argue to these school boards that everyone knows the science is a student's brain is not fully developed till they're 25. So you're struggling in high school to find your identity and your friends, and you're not thinking of long term consequences, you're just thinking of the immediate now. Right. And that's nothing that we can physically change. We can try to impress that upon our children, but sometimes just in the heat of the moment, people say the wrong things. Adults do. So yes. How do we expect more from <laughs> yeah. teenagers?
0: Trust me, I talk a lot here on this radio station. The things I have said in the past. We're going to continue this conversation after the news break, but in case anyone wants to reach out to you, the website, the best place to go first, or where do you want them to go?
1: Yes, definitely. www.AndersonAA.com.
0: More with Audrey Anderson after the news in this break from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom on WGN. 720 WGN. Hey, everyone. This is uh, your—no, I almost said your money matters. Audrey Anderson, I did that the other night. I said it was, let's get legal— Too many shows. This is Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. Audrey Anderson from Anderson Attorneys and Advisors. Their phone number is 630-877-5800, 630-877-5800. We're going to be on for the next few minutes, and the reason why it's a little nebulous is we just saw one basketball game end. We've got the next one. We'll get it to you and pick it up in progress in a little bit. Audrey Anderson, I wanted to talk. We've been talking about school threats, and I think we've been a little vague about and we talked about how things can snowball and escalate. Social media plays a huge role in this. Walk us through an example of a case where not a specific one, but you know, by you know, just an example, where some kid posts something, but the ultimate threat was not what they originally posted. It was when it cascaded somewhere else.
1: Right. That and that happens. So kid A could just take a picture and joke because two kids are Goofing around.
0: Take a picture of.
1: Of like them with BB guns. BB guns, right. Or something like that. Or just a picture of a gun. Or an image of a gun. Correct. A stock
0: image that they didn't even. Here's a picture of a gun.
1: Right, and that's happened. I've had that. And then it gets sent out to their small group. Somehow another kid sees it, and it gets sent to them, and then they add a meme or a saying to that, and then another kid sees it, and then they go to the school. Well, then our original kid, A, the school thinks that kid, he or she is the one that took the picture and made the saying on it, say, hey, don't go to school on Monday, and then there's a stock picture of a gun. But our original kid never (laughs) added... This comment about don't go to school on Monday.
0: Right. That was kid B. Correct. But the school in their effort, and understandably so, to some extent, to prevent anything from happening. They don't want to be the school where they they miss the signs. They just issue a, you know, carte blanche for all of you. You're all in trouble.
1: Correct. Everyone. A, B, all the rest of the kids, they all get suspended, get notices with regards to expulsion, and police then come in to investigate And that's why you need an attorney to say, no, it's not accountability for all. We had no idea what kid B would be doing or kid C, and you shouldn't hold our kid responsible.
0: I think we all have this sense of like innocent till proven guilty, of course, in the criminal justice world. And that's where some of these cases can go. And then that burden of proof is there. But we're not talking about criminal situations necessarily. It's not the same in the school situation, right?
1: Right. Schools, they completely overreact, which is completely understandable. They go over the top thinking it's the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. And we have to pull them back to say, look, that's not really the case. But we understand why. Right. We don't want to minimize the seriousness of it.
0: I appreciate how delicate you're trying to handle this, too, because I know people are like, oh, you got to do it. And 100% look into it. I just think, and I know you do as a defense attorney, everyone should have an opportunity to be defended by someone who, who to, to be represented by someone who at least is going to analyze it, look at it, and make the case for why this kid may have messed up and that it wasn't going to escalate. And I think everyone has do that, right?
1: Right, definitely. And parents, it's so emotional for them because it's their child. So they really need an attorney to step in, even if the parent knows that they their son or daughter didn't do anything wrong, so they think, why spend the money for an attorney? The attorney is there to not just be emotional and make right. emotional arguments, but legal arguments to them.
0: Anderson Attorneys and Advisors, AndersonAA.com. The number is 630 We may have time for another question or two in just a bit, Audrey, but let's take a quick commercial break here on WGN. But we're in a little overtime here for Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. And we're going to wait until we get word that we're going to take the pregame show for game number two. So we're going to kind of walk on the uh, on the live wire here a little bit uh, and figure this out. I'm glad we have Audrey Anderson still here with us from attorneys, excuse me, Anderson Attorneys and Advisors. We've been talking about school threats and, you know, the differences in the evolution of them. I really want to harp on... People not having to ever see you Not that you're a lovely person You do a great job And we'll get to people That need to talk to you after this What should parents be telling their kids So that they're not in one of these scenarios
1: Right, parents just really need to Focus on their kids and say They really have to think through what they say and what they do, if they're messing around with BB guns, or if they're just angry at another student, or if they've been bullied, you know, talk to your child to see if everything's going okay with teachers and other students. And that's if they need help, you're there for them.
0: Right. And I think it's also, they should know who at their school they can talk to. You know, I know it's tough with kids, right? And they're not going to necessarily, not every parent kid relationship is the best, and I'm not a parent, so I, it's kind of you know rude of me to, to speak about this. But I wonder if it's also, hey, look, you may not feel comfortable telling me everything, but here's the dean or here's the resource officer, here's someone that you can talk to at the school so that you don't make a silly mistake on the Internet.
1: Absolutely. They have a lot of dean of students, or you can even talk to a coach, or if you have a favorite teacher – The librarian, who knows who you think is an adult that you feel close to at the school, even if it's the nurse at school, maybe, Mm -hmm. or a counselor. You can always go to them. Their door is always open. They want you to come to them and talk to them when you think that there's going to be an issue or you're having concerns or you're questioning about what your friends are doing or saying.
0: Right. I also imagine there's some people listening here that say, "Ooh, I don't want to get my friend in trouble and expelled and ruin his life. I'm not going to say anything if I see something. That's not the message we want to send today, right? Right. We still want to make sure that people know that if there's a threat and if there's something that you're uncertain about, reporting that is still important, right?
1: Right. It is definitely very important. And a lot of those reports are held anonymous to the student getting expelled. So if you come forward saying you heard or said something, the school a lot of times doesn't reveal that you're the specific kid or right. parents that came forward and said something.
0: Right. And the uh, last thing I'll just say to everyone out there is if your kid's in one of these situations, do not think that you can handle it yourself in this expulsion hearing or in this process because the school is going to have an attorney. You should, too. I personally recommend Audrey Anderson and advisors because we've gotten to know each other. AndersonAA.com is the website. Six three zero eight seven seven fifty eight hundred. Call or text you guys, Right.
1: That's great, yes.
0: Audrey, it's always great to see you. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you again for having us.
0: 630-877-5800. That's going to do it for Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. Let's join the Big Ten Tournament, already in progress.